More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. Aurora, passion and profit in the yoga industry. Despite being enamored with athletics as a young adult, Dennis Ingrid never imagined he would have a second career growing his yoga accessories company into an Amazon success story. The internet didn't exist, and yoga was a world away. Passion led the way on his entrepreneurial journey. Not long after retiring from the garment industry in his late 50s, Ingrid was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He overcame the disease, but not without struggling physically and mentally. After a life-changing surgery, he was left searching for life-affirming answers. For Dennis, the answer is yoga, to which he credits the remarkable speed of his recovery. Not long after becoming a yogi, Dennis saw an opportunity to address an unfulfilled niche in the yoga accessories market. For the last 18 years, Aurora has been a vehicle to start share his passion with the world and make a profit at the same time. We spoke to Dennis about the early days of e-commerce, the compatibility of yoga and entrepreneurship, and what it means to innovate the mat. Enjoy this episode with Dennis. I'm wondering one thing, like, you know, I experience entrepreneurship. It can be quite a stressful journey, right? Like it can be quite a um, tumultuous journey. And it's a journey that demands a lot of like fast action, fast thinking, people say like you know entrepreneurs are notoriously impatient how are all of those characteristics compatible with someone though who does yoga and who believes so much in yoga I mean are yoga and entrepreneurship inherently compatible or incompatible it's been bothering me do tell me I understand the question (laughs) first of all I wasn't always in this business I was in the garment business for almost 40 years okay I'm 66 at this point and uh all the things you said were 100% true, stressful, fast moving, quick decision making, yeah, so on and so forth. And I, I ended up closing um, my business um, and thinking I was going to retire about 10 years ago. Okay. And being in that you know, entrepreneurial attitude, let's say, I got bored after about three months. <laughs> you know, I need the action, I guess you could say. I'm born and raised in the Bronx, so I'm a city boy. Which you really say, wow, a Bronx guy in yoga and 66 years old. That doesn't I know. <laughs> Stickball, you know, Ringo Levio kind of guy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I guess uh, in 19, was it uh, 2001, right before 9-11, I had cancer. Hmm. And I uh, had surgery, prostate cancer. And um, after the surgery, I was trying to recover. Okay. I was having a hard time both physically and mentally. And, um, you know, you you do a lot of deep thinking when you're in that state. Of course. And uh, I started doing some reading and research. At that time, I was hardly on the internet. And um, I looked up and I saw yoga. (laughs) I don't know, maybe God sent it to me. Wow. And I saw there was a little church in the next town over in Allendale. I live in Mawa, New Jersey. And... uh, they said there's yoga and it's good for the head, good for the body. I says, you know what? Let me go try it. Really? I was kind of I was kind of desperate at the time. 
Had you been doing any sorts of kind of other sports before or something, or was this like your first? I've sport? done all sports. I've done all, I mean, I was very athletic up to that point. I was still playing softball and taking Tai Chi and taking Taekwondo and so on and so forth. But being in a gym and doing those aggressive sports in the condition I was in just didn't match. Didn't work. Mm. And I needed something mental as well as physical. So what it ended up having, I, I, I took a shot and uh, I went to this class and in the class was like eight women. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I says, OK, they couldn't have been more uh, friendly and, <laughs> and taking me in. But here I am, the only guy from the Bronx with my accent. And I have this, you know, nine women. <laughs> well, make a long story short. Uh, they accepted me, and those nine women today are some of my best friends, both for me and my wife. Uh, wow. Everybody was kind of going through something. Who was going through divorce? Who was having a baby? Who? And we all shared. And here I am, and <laughs> sharing with all these women, and and feeling comfortable doing it. To be honest with you, so, that's so interesting. That's how I got started, and we we did. Uh, I guess I've been doing yoga ever since. For I guess so. That's what eighteen years plus now. And it's helped me both physically and mentally. I've been through two fusion surgeries since then, lumbar surgery, spinal and my cervical surgery. And to be honest with you, if I weren't in the condition I am, I'm in at this point, I wouldn't have been able to recover as quickly as I have. And I, I'm doing great. I'm back to doing full yoga or I'm bowling with my son. I'm skiing with my other son. So, uh, you know, again, I'm very faithful, but between my faith and the strength of I've, I've been able to um, condition myself mentally and physically with yoga. It's been a wonderful journey for me. So nine years ago, leading to your question, I got bored after I had closed my company. And, you know, looking deeper in my life, I had enough of the garment business after 40 years as it was very stressful. Of course. And I started uh, doing some research on how to sell on the Internet. I bought an eBay's for dummy book. I knew nothing about it. So I, I played guitar and I had guitars from when I was young. And I said, you know, what? I don't need all these guitars. And I put them up on uh, eBay. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I, I, I'm enjoying the action of seeing people bid on my guitars. And the first <laughs> guitar I sold was, was from a guy on an oil rig in the Philippines. So being an entrepreneur, I says, oh, this is awesome. I, I made a profit on it. I didn't know how to shoot it. So I go to the guitar center. I on a Sunday, I jump into the dumpster and I get the boxes that they threw away. And that's how I ended up shipping the guitars that I eventually sold. But more important is I enjoyed the experience. Okay, mm-hmm. from the business side. Okay. Now, uh, and the funny story is my sons were closing their doors because they were worried I was. I ran out of guitars. I was going to sell TVs and anything else I could get my hands on. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, is I, my entrepreneurship was coming in into full blossom again. And I, I felt like, OK, this is great. I'm enjoying this. And I said, but if, for me to continue, obviously, I can't keep selling like garage sale stuff. You know, and that's not fulfilling to me because I'm a creative person. My yeah. company that I owned before was a gene manufacturing company. And we designed I did most of the design work with, you know, artists. And we design big fabric, so on and so forth. And we do private label for pretty much every major in the country. Department stores, you know, a lot of the big stores. So I needed to fulfill that. So what I did, I I looked deeper into myself and I says, well, what if I'm going to do something, I don't need to do it. 
it's all more of a hobby at this point. Let me do something that I, I feel passionate about. Exactly. And yoga. So first thing I did is, is I looked at all the negative reviews on Amazon and on eBay, because those were the two biggest platforms at the time. And the reason I looked at negative before I looked at positive, I want to see what people were complaining about. Mm. If I could find a solution to that, I figured I'd have something that could sell uh, on the internet. The biggest problem that was happening was slipping on yoga. I don't know if you do yoga, but the biggest problem people have is slipping on their yoga mats. So mm. I had to find a solution to that. Then on top of that, I then started looking through um, the search engines and seeing what was selling and the lists of things that were listed. On And, and my fr- a young friend of mine, a neighbor, he said, Mr. Ingwe, if you want to sell a branded product or developer product, you're better off on Amazon because at that time it was more legitimate where eBay was using to sell more, you know, used type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I said, fine. So I went on Amazon. I looked at the listings and there weren't a lot of uh, yoga products on Amazon at that time, going mm-hmm. back 10 years. The two major brands were like Jade and Manduka. Mm-hmm. And then below that, there were all the opening price points from uh, Target kind of things from say yeah. $20 and under. And, and they weren't you know very pleasant looking. And there were a lot of complaints and negative reviews about it, about slipping too thin, so on and so forth. So again, taking the same philosophy I did in the gene business is I said, you know what, there's a big middle ground here that nobody's addressing. I can take a take the concepts of Manduka and Jade where I can market it like that as far as labeling, packaging. And I was really good at that from <laughs> packaging genes. Yeah. Yet I can resolve maybe the problems that I come with the lower end products. Mm. And that would fit me into a, a range of of products somewhere, you know, in that $35 range versus $100 versus $10. Mm. So I said, okay, here's the spot that I need to be. And I know I can package it. I, I went online, interviewed, I, I must have interviewed 25 factories and came came up with uh, two factories that, that I felt comfortable with, which I was going to run samples with. But then I said, how do I find the solution? So the quality, they were able to do the, the packaging uh, to produce the mat that I, I felt that I needed with thickness, but this, the slipping problem was still going to be there mm-hmm. as I got the samples back. So I'm watching uh, and watching old videos of, of the Olympics and I look and I see the gymnasts and I see they're putting chalk on their hands for the parallel bars and I see the smoke coming out. I says. I wonder what they're using because that's to prevent them from slipping off the bars. Lo and behold, I found a little factory in Ohio that produces rosin. And I know rosin from being a baseball player. Mm. So I asked them to send me some rosin. They sent me the rosin. I tested it on my mat in these little bags. And sure and behold, it worked. I just stopped slipping. So what we ended up doing is we had them uh, package it for us, kind of similar to like a bowling, you know, if you did any bowling, a, a rosin bag for bowling, small little rosin bags. And I included it with each mat. So smart. The other thing is we did from a marketing analysis is that people wanted to relate to the mat. It's very personal. So we took the names of the colors and we found the meanings of each color. So somebody can pick, there's a reason why you pick a purple. Maybe it creates hope. Okay. Okay. And we we kind of labeled each color when we marketed it 
with a, a personality, let's traits. And lo and behold, this little hobby that I decided, we put it on Amazon and it started to sell. <laughs> it started to grow. So what's the other missing component of this is something I always did was personal customer service. Mm-hmm. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I look at reviews and feedbacks, anything that's slightly negative, even if it's a four star, I contact the customer and give them a solution. Any review that was was slightly negative, and we've received many one star reviews because it's just part of the nature of this business. I got back in touch with them, giving them solutions, always taking a positive approach, no matter how negative they were and try to find solutions. And we've done this, and I've done this and still do this for nine nine years. And our reviews and our feedback ratings reflect is we have a 4.9 feedback rating on Amazon with wow. over close to 11,000 feedbacks over the 10 years. Wow. And that's all, you know, personal service. When I started this, it was a hobby. Hmm. And it's built bigger than a hobby because of my... my uh, you know, you always want to do better the next year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you always want to improve. You always want to create. That's an entrepreneur, right? But that wasn't my intention. Yeah. And I made the decision I will not sell any big department stores or Targets or Kmarts because that's not, to me, that's very unyogic and it's not who I want to be involved with, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, all we do right now is we sell most of our business, about 80% is on Amazon. Wow. The other 20% of the business we do is, is, is a wholesale, which we only sell small stores and only one internet uh, retailer who guaranteed me that they wouldn't do uh, uh, price deep price discounts to hurt the small stores. Mm-hmm. And that's Yoga Outlet. And they've been partners of mine for 10 years and have been incredible partners. Everybody, because of the problems I had in the clothing business and the trying to you know collect your money and the discounts they used to take, unverified discounts, they're, they're horrible, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's part of the reason I got out of the business. I said, anybody that does business with, with us has to pay up front and we ship them. And we've not had one complaint, no matter who that, the, the company is. But Dennis, can I ask you something? I feel like, you know, what is so super interesting about your story is like, well, aside from it just being super interesting in itself, it's fine. What I find really cool here is that we have the opportunity for someone who's had two types of entrepreneurial journeys that you can compare, right? Like, so you've had the entrepreneurial journey with your company where like, you know, where you were in the midst of life and you were like, you know, you had all of those things to prove and all of those things to do. And then you have this entrepreneurial journey, which you can't basically, we will call the entrepreneurial journey where you can't help yourself, but to build businesses, basically. And I just wondered, like, have you reflected on how it feels differently? Like, you know, do you feel as strongly about both companies? Is it, how is it different for you the second time around? Great question. After college, you know, I worked in small retail stores and I ended up becoming a buyer at Macy's. And then I was hired by a company called Sasson to start their men's division. And this is back in the early 80s. It was drive because, again, being a Bronx boy, living in a tenement building, I saw how hard my father worked, three jobs. I was driven by success. Hmm. I was driven that I didn't want to be there. I wanted to uh, make my father proud of me. And a lot of it had to do with monetary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Always a strong family. I've been married since I'm 22 years to my 
my my wife, who's the greatest and still is, and she's been with me by my side all those years. I had to support her. I had to save money for my two children to send them to college, all the normal things that parents would want to do for their children. And of course, give my wife the best life that I could possibly do, travel, so on and so forth, buy the nice home. And I've achieved all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and God rest the soul of my parents. They were very proud of me. And that that is, you know, <laughs> that's what life's about. It is. Um, but when I finished with that, you know, I, I had enough money to retire. I was still only 56, but to go into a whole new world at 56 was a challenge, you know, not knowing anything about internet selling, you know, mm-hmm. and it just kind of came to me. And that that is a whole different ballgame. And then when I discovered taking a passion of what I love and then bringing that passion to people through the internet, through sales, through my company, as well as working with certain charities, this world has been so much more reflective and so much more positive experience in my life than I can even tell you. That we can take this business anywhere in the world when we travel and still run the business because that's how I set it up. So my quality of life that I work with my wife and that we still travel together and no matter where we are, we still run a business and we'll do this business as long as we possibly and physically and mentally can, God willing. So the yoga industry, which you're part of, right? Like as yes. such, and also like, and, and, and the industry, maybe we can maybe slightly separate the industry from, you know, the core beliefs that are behind yoga, because the industry doesn't always reflect that, of course, like, you know, a lot of it is misrepresented, as we know, but um, it has grown, though, I would say like interest, especially in the Western world, for yoga has grown, I think, over the last sort of like 10, 15 years. So what is your impression with regards to that sort of like peak of interest? Do you feel like this is something that has now been permanent, that yoga is something that's been permanently embraced by what we can almost say the masses? Or do you think this is just something that's going to come and go? What's your view? It's going to become part of American culture. And Mm -hmm. the reason for that is because finally athletes are starting to understand that it's not just mm-hmm. about weights. It, it's about strengthening through, you know, uh, yoga is a great way to strengthen the body, not only the body, but the mind, like I, I was suggesting, mm-hmm. but also flexibility. I think so many of these athletes are getting hurt today because they, they look like Adonises, but every time they move left or right, they're hurting this, they're hurting, you know, <laughs> I'm watching yeah. baseball. Half, I'm a Yankee fan. Half my team is out because of injuries. I said, I oh. tell them I'm going to send my yoga instructor there. Yeah. So I do believe that is continuing. I also believe there's a big growth, especially in the men's area, where I was one guy amongst all those women to start with. And even now, when I go into class, there may be 20 women or ladies, and there'll be three guys or four guys. Hmm. It's going to grow. It's going to grow because as the guys see it, because a lot of people misunderstand yoga as almost like a religion. And they think it's just like a cultish type of thing. But the more that yoga is Americanized and people understand what it truly is when they see their their idols using it. Or, of course. Or, or if the big car, I can't afford to do this, but if, if Manduka and Jade were smart, they would be going after athletes and having them do television commercials, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so maybe after this, they'll they'll get a hint because that'll only help my build. I'm not afraid of them getting stronger and build bigger because it helps me. 
It helps you, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not afraid of that kind of competition. The only competition that ever concerns me is number one, is the Amazon direct competition, which I don't yeah. appreciate, which I think is totally wrong. Okay. Where where they built this platform. We as sellers built them. Okay. Yeah. Help them build that platform by taking all the risk. And then they're using what we've built with them. And I'm not going to say alone. We needed their platform. But now, now they're coming directly after us yeah. with their own products that, and with their strength cheaper. Yeah. So that's why yeah. the only way I could survive, and I think any other company could survive, you got to be creative, you got to be unique. But I do believe that yoga is here for forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it will only grow. It's not going to have the growth that it had when all the women jumped in on it. But if the men start to grow, we should have a healthy growth. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. But as you have healthy growth with the amount of people that are going to be doing yoga, you're also going to have tremendous amount of, of competition. So those are the things as an entrepreneur we always have to guard against. It's true. But also I think that actually maybe the, um, you know, what you've described as Amazon's behavior, which we know is, a, is, a, is of concern to many e-commerce and e-commerce retailers. I do believe that we're now confronted maybe also with a generation that thinks slightly differently about these things. So I think uh, the next generation is sort of like more, it's less about the lowest price point. It's much more about provenance. You know, what is the stuff made of? Is it like, you know, sustainable, that kind of stuff. And I think that's where brands like yours will win again, you know, where it's going to be about that experience, as you described, you know, the customer experience being there, because I think the peak of that price war has come and and gone. And I think we're, we're going towards a more, you know, shop around the corner type orientation again which even though it's online is still going to you know be friendly to smaller retailers that's that's for sure maybe final question Dennis like you know I have to ask because we're a family business magazine so I have to ask you know what do your boys say to this yoga business like you know is this something that they're getting on board with do they do you think they'll they'll take over or like is it just is going to uh start and end sort of with you and your wife it's so funny my oldest son is um, a trail builder. Okay. He designs trail. In fact, he's going back to Rutgers to get his uh, graduate degree in architectural landscaping. He works on all historical sites. Wow. But no, he 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 doesn't have any interest in <laughs> uh, in the internet business. He has his own visions and dreams, which I I totally appreciate and support. My youngest guy, who's thirty three, is a doctor. He's a chiropractic physician. He has a great understanding of yoga as well as how to use it in his own therapies. Mm. In fact, he's I got him started by when he was going through college to to uh, sell yoga bags uh, with the Murray brand. And he's doing he's still doing it on the side uh, and doing a great job with it as well. As he's a professor at, at Bridgeport University and he's got a he's an entrepreneur. Let's put it yeah. that way. So. My youngest guy does have uh, his own dreams, let's put it that way, but does have his finger in my business. Okay. So if anything, he, opportunity-wise, he, he could take it over if anything ever happened. Or, uh, you know, as time goes by, let's see what old dad decides to do, you know? <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, there might there might just be a third business in you after all. As well, Dennis, like, we're going to keep an eye on you, that's for sure. <laughs> thank you thank you so much for sharing your story with us i think this is going to be just super inspiring to everyone and thanks a lot for for explaining the journey and the motivation behind it 
Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.